Good evening. Hope you're all doing well. We are learning Maseches Megillah Dafches and starting at the last Mishnah on Zion Amit Bey is about 15 lines up. No, about 25 lines up. The first of the very long lines on Zion Amit Bey's. Um, and we are in the midst of the Mishnais of the Ein Bains, as they are known. There's no difference between X and Y except for Z. That's going to be the format of all of these Mishnais. And then the Gemara will analyze uh, and try and pick apart some of these distinctions. On the Amid Bays, we're going to get in, uh, on the Amid Aleph of Ches, Amid Aleph, we're going to get into a uh, semi-complex, not so hard discussion of uh, Zav. And on the Amid Bays, uh, we're going to get into a, a tough discussion about the interfacing between Zav and Saras uh, and, and some of the drushas they're in. I know people in the base vendors today were saying it's the hardest daf in Maseches Megillah. Okay, but that should not be alarming. <laughs> if you said it was the hardest <laughs> daf in Kresos, you should be very scared. But if it's the, if it's the hardest daf in Megillah, like, ah, come on. That's, uh, so we're going to get through it just fine. Let's get started. 20 lines or so from the bottom, first of the long line. Two-thirds of the way down Zion in the base. The Mishnah writes, Ein ben yom tov of el-ochel nefesh bilvad. On Shabbos, of course, 39 malachos. And on Yom Tov, we have fewer malachos, what are referred to as the malachas ochel nefesh. The malachas ochel nefesh is the only difference between Shabbos and Yom Tov. The Gemara opens, and the diuk from our Mishnah, the Gemara says, is that in regards to preparations for Ochel Nefesh, we know Ochel Nefesh is mutter. What about the preparations to enable Ochel Nefesh, the sharpening of a knife for Shechita? So is that sharpening mutter? So says the, says the Gemara, as a diuk from our Mishnah, it is not mutter, Zev is a shavin. Both Yontiv and Shabbos would have a restriction. And therefore, third line of the wide lines, Masnisan Deloka Rabbi Yehuda, obviously not like Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda is famous for his shita in this area. Titania, Ein Bain, Yom Tov L'Shabbos Al Ochel Nefesh, and Rabbi Yehuda Matir Af Machshire Ochel Nefesh. Rabbi Yehuda explicitly allows for Machshire Ochel Nefesh for the preparation of that which should be for Ochel Nefesh. So you have a beautiful calf, you're ready to shecht it, you realize that your shita knife is not kosher. Rabbi Yehuda says, no big deal. Go be mashchiz the knife, get a stone, sharp, do whatever you have to do. Fine, no problem at all. Now, the Gemara is going to analyze each of the shitas. My time of the Tanakama. In this b'risa that we just learned, why is it that the Tanakama doesn't allow for machshirei ochel nefesh? Says the Gemara, because Omar Kra, who, this is a pasuk of hulavadoya selochem. We're four or five lines into the wide lines on Zion of the base. And the Tanakama, when it says the word who, he learns who only it is allowed. Only the Malachas Ochel Nefesh are allowed. Below Machshira, not that which enables the Malachas Ochel Nefesh. I, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda, who allows for the that which is the predecessor to the Ochel Nefesh, how does he learn that it's Mutter Omar? When it says, Lachem Hulavado Yaseh, Lachem, that it should be for you, you're allowed to benefit from it. Lachem, Lachotzor Kechem, whatever you need to do as it relates to Hilchos Yamtov, you are allowed to do. Don't worry. I be'idach, what about the Tanakama Nami Hoksib Lachem? So he says, the Lachem, that doesn't come to teach you that you're allowed to do Malacha. What it comes to teach you is that whatever you're allowed to do within the realms of Malacha Zochel Nefesh is Velola Ovdei Kochavim, and Lachem Velola Klavim. You can't do it for the for Goyesh help in the house, for a Goyesh guest, and you also can't do it for uh, for an animal. That's not allowed, but you can't do Malacha so You can't do Machshiri Ochel Nefesh, that's not allowed. What about the sheet of Rabbi Yehuda? Rabbi Yehuda, you were so excited to share your opinion that you're allowed to be machshir ochel nefesh. What about the pasuk that the Tanakama relies upon? And what is that? Remember, we said in the name of the Tanakama, why does the Tanakama not allow machshir ochel nefesh? Because the pasuk says, 
So says Rabbi Huda, don't worry, I've got a perfect balance for you for both of these words. It says the word who, which you, the Tanakama, learned restrictively. And it says the word lachem, which I learned leniently and expansively. And according to Rabbi Huda, the distinction would be if it's that the knife broke on Shabbos, the Shechita knife, no problem. That you're allowed to be, you're allowed to sharpen. But if it wasn't sharpened beforehand and you forgot, then you're not allowed to do it. When it could have been done beforehand. So it's not this carte blanche, you can just do whatever you want, any type of hechsher, that's not allowed. Only that, which could either only be done on Shabbos or this, this situation only arose on Shabbos. But if you forgot to sharpen that, that Shechita knife, you are done for it. You may not sharpen it. That brings us to the final mission on the page line of the base. In regards to Shabbos, when one violates Shabbos, they are and in regards to eating and drinking on Yom Kippur, there their punishment is not their punishment is that they ate on Yom Kippur. Says the Gemara, as a diuk, our Tanakama must be of the opinion, that if you are Chayav Kares and Tashlumen, they are the same. This is a principle in Halacha that we call Kimle Bidirabamine or Kamle Bidirabamine, which works like this. Let's say that a person stole food on uh, Yom Kippur and ate it. So he's Chayav Tashlumen because he stole, but he's Chayav Kares because he ate. So what happens when you have multiple consequences? So uh, generally speaking, we have a principle called that whenever you have two earned consequences, we only give the greater of the two. So if you have kares and tashlumen, the tashlumen falls away. That's normally how we look at it. So let's see if this plays out in the Gemara. The Gemara says 12 lines or so from the bottom, tashlumen, that we hold and whose shita is that? Money, that money must nisen. It must be Rav Nechunya ben Hakanahi. How so? Titania, the Brisa writes, Rav Nechunya ben Hakanahi oses yom ha-kipurim kishabas l'tashlumen. Explicit statement like the diuk of, of our Gemara. That he used to treat the day of Yom Kippur just like he would paying something back on Shabbos, which is as follows. Ma Shabbos mischayv benafsha upater minat tashlumen. Just like on Shabbos, if one is chayv skila for violating one of the 39 malachos, um, and they also stole, or they also owe tashlumen, and they're putter from the tashlumen because because your greater punishment is it, it dissolves the smaller punishment. Mm-hmm. So it says the Gemara, great, we have the author of our Mishnah, but wait a second, how does the author of our Mishnah, how does Rav Nuchunya ben Akana deal with the following? We have a Mishnah in Maseches Makos that reads as follows. Kol shelaku nifteru This is interesting. Somebody's chayv kares, and they were accidentally given the wrong punishment. They were given malkos. What happens to their kares? So the Gemara says, in the name of this Mishnah, nifteru They are no longer chayv kares. By the way, that's a great out. Right, that's a great deal. Like, I know you guys. It's let me. Through based in that, not like. It has to be. You can't you just flog the guy. No, you got. No, it's or it has to be a real toes best in. It does, but if that happens, by the way, do you have to say something? If you're the the Balmalkos, okay, we're not going to get into any of this. But the point here is that according to this Mishnah, it seems to be. 
that if you are chayev kares, but you get malkos, that the malkos were valuable. That's the opposite of Kamle Bidarabamine. Kamle Bidarabamine says there's no Malkos to give. Even if you gave them, they'd be useless because Kamle Bidarabamine. So it says the Gemara, Shanemar, how do we know that a person is Chayab Kares but gets Malkos, that he is Pater from the, from the Kares? Because the Pasuk says, Kevan Laka, a play on words. The language is wrong. It's nikle kuf lamid, laka lamid kufid. They're actually not the same words. So the Gemara has a drasha, kevan shelaka. This guy who's a bal kares, he's a bal krisos, harehu keachicha, that once he gets the malkos, he returns to the status of achicha, of a regular yid. We know famously, yes, we have to love every Jew, as long as they're a reya. But if someone's outside of the camp of being a Raya, there is no mitzvah of Abba. Remember, we learned the other day, the sugya, are you allowed to be miskara against a Russia? The Russia is not a Raya. The Russia is a Russia. So sometimes you, there's no mitzvah of Russia. None at all. Sometimes you can even publicly say things about them. That's what the Gemara says here. And that is Dibre, says the Gemara. Dibre of Hananya ben Gamliel. And Omar Rav Yochanan, Chalukan Alav Chaver of Rav Chananya Ben Gamliel. There are those who disagree with him. And Omar Rava Amre Bey Rab, what they learned in the base Medrash of Rav Tanina, the following Mishnah: Ein Ben Yom Hakipurim Shabbos, Ela Shezezadonu Bidei Shamayim Zezadonu Bihi Kares. A little bit of a different language than our Mishnah. And now here's the punchline to this whole Mishnah and Maseches Makos. The punchline is Bein Isa. If you are of the opinion that Shabbos is always Bidei Adam. And Yom Kippur is always Bidei Bezdin, that that's how the own should work out. In this case, In this case, where he got the Malkos instead of Kares, well, look what happened. It was He did something wrong. He was Chayev Kares because he ate on Yom Kippur. But what punishment did he get? So something Bidei Adam. So says the Gemara, that doesn't work. That's not Rav Nechunya Ben Akane. That's not our Mishnah. So the Gemara says, Amar Rav Nachman, you're right. You're right. That Mishnah in Maseches Makos must be Rabbi Yitzchak. How money? Rabbi Yitzchak. The Amar, Malkos Bechayve Krisus Leka, that when it comes to Malkos, as it relates to Chayve Krisus, there isn't. What does this mean? Tanya, Rabbi Yitzchak Omer, Chayve Krisus Bechlal Hayu. The halachos of Karis were taught in general terms. However, there was one Pasuk that was uh, explicated that seemingly didn't need to be. Why was there an Isra Kares mentioned by a sister? To say that she should be Chayev Kares, uh, he should be Chayev Kares for being intimate with her, and that Malkos would not work. Um, and, and But if in fact the Malkos did happen, he would still be Patsar from Kares. So that all works for the Mishnah in Makos. However, the Gemara says more loosely, come on, you're, you're taking the line of the Mishnah too far. Ravashi on the last line of Zayin Amidbeis says, Ravashi Omar Afilu Temer No, our Mishnah is according to everyone as it relates to this Mishnah in Makos. How so? Because when our Mishnah says, it doesn't mean that it's the only way to get a punishment is Bidei Adam for Shabbos and Bidei Shamayim for Yom Kippur. It, it just means most of the time. Yeah, you found a weird exception that if you give Malkos to the guy who's high, fine. But still, in general, it's not considered a stira. Beautiful. That brings us to the top of Ches Aleph at a uh, at a new Mishnah, another Ein Bein. Ches Aleph, top line. Ein Bein Hamudar Hana Mechavero. Lamudar Mimenu Ma'acha. There's no difference between me saying, I will get no Hana from you, or me saying, I will get no food from you. Those two sentences in, our, in halacha are the same. Ella, 
except to say that there's a difference between them in regards to Trisas HaRegel. The Kalim Nefesh. What's Drisas HaRegel? Rashi, second line, the Ramaskal Drisas HaRegel. Shehamudar Hanoa Osirli Kanislebeso. That a person who says that I'm getting no Hana from you, they cannot walk into your property. I'm still allowed to walk through your field, to walk through your property without uh, any, without that being considered Hana. What's the second difference between them, says the Mishnah? Let's say a hammer. That's a clea that uh, we don't use for ochel nefesh. So you don't have to worry about that being hanaf for, for ochel. I need to hit a nail and I'm not getting any food. I'm not going to bite the wood out of your hammer. Everything's fine. So therefore, if I mudar hanaf from you, I can't borrow your hammer. But if I mudar meichel from you, then I can borrow your hammer. No problem. Says the Gemara, Adiuk, third line, when it comes to Kalim that are used for Ochel Nefesh, a rolling pin, a spatula, whatever it is, Zev is a shavin. Absolutely, you're not allowed to use that if you're Mudar Hana from a person or if you're Mudar Ochel from a, from a person, one of the two. Drisas HaRegel says the Gemara, come on. Drisas HaRegel shouldn't be usher from anyone. Even if you're Mudar Hana from a person categorically, it should still be mutter to walk on his property because hello, Kapti, nobody cares. Hello, Kapti, Inshi. I don't know. It's like, it's like someone kind of pulls into your driveway for three seconds to make a three-point turn. No, nobody asks. I have a driveway. Nobody asks me permission. I don't care. If you break my driveway, I'll be annoyed. But uh, what are the odds of that? I, I'm much more likely to break my driveway than he is. I'm pulling into the driveway five times a day. Hello, Kapta Inshi. Why would we say that if I'm Mudar Hana from you, that I'm not allowed to drive in your driveway? So Amar Rava Hamani, this only makes sense according to one Shita. And that is Rabbi Eliezer, the Amar Vitur Aser Bemudar Hana. He takes the status of a Mudar Hana to the highest level to say, that even things that are otherwise obvious and extraneous and not stressful and nobody ever cares, it doesn't matter. Mudar Hana is just a sharp line. Zero. You cannot even walk on my grass. It's a very extreme shita. Yeah, right. Exactly. Get off my property. Hopefully it's not with like one of those shotguns like, you know, you see in the TV shows. But that's what the Gemara is saying here. Zero. You're not allowed to benefit at all. Next, a sugya we've seen a handful of times in shots already. Uh, the Gemara says, There's a difference between a neder and a nedavos. When it comes to a neder, when you make a commitment to bring a korban, then if that animal gets lost, you're obligated to replace it. However, if you make a nedava, which is to say that I am giving specific animal X, Betsy, the cow, and Betsy, the cow, dies, so then the halacha is that you're enochai bachrayusam. What's the diuk here? Oh, that, there's one thing, one other thing left out of the Mishnah. Says the Gemara, eight lines down, But when it comes to the Isra Baal Te'acher, the prohibition of bringing a korban late, then it doesn't matter if it's a nether or a nedava, same exact halacha. And that's what the Gemara is trying to highlight here. All right, let's get into the next part of the sugya. Tanan Hasab, we have a Mishnah that writes as follows. Where is this Mishnah? The Mishnah is in Maseches Rosh Hashanah. Baruch Hashem, we learned that. It's also in Kenan. I think we learned that too. That was very hard. Uh, I think we did that out of Kahati. I think I made photocopies because I was such a slacker. It was terrible. Next time I got to do better. Very early. It was before the cycle. It was before. It was last cycle. 13th Machsor. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Some rookie move. You know. <laughs> Says the Gemara Tanan Hasam. We have a Mishnah that writes as follows: Ezu Neder Haomer Hare Alai Ola. I conceptually, Neder, am accepting upon myself to bring a korban uh, to the base Hamikdash. If I say that on the individual that you yourself you're agreeing to that, that's called uh, that is called a Neder. Ezu Nedava Haomer Hare Zu Ola. Animal X is going to be the right animal. The difference between them is that if in regards to a nether you accept it upon yourself to bring an animal, any animal, then you have to replace it. If I only accepted to bring a specific animal, if the animal dies, gets stolen, or is lost, because you were only obligated to give that one animal. It says the Gemara Minani Mili. How do I know that this is true? And the Gemara gives a Gavaldic answer, a playoff of the, the Pasuk itself. It's under Rabban and the rabbis teach us in a brisa. The Pasuk says, that there's Ritsui and he's going to get Kapara, Allah, and Rab Shimon picks up on that word. Rab Shimon Omer, When we are dealing with a case of Allah, when you said Hare Alai, that's when you're Chai Bachra Yuso. But if you didn't accept it upon yourself, then And that is the difference between a nether and an adaba. That in a, a nether is where you say hare alai, and the Pasuk says alav, play on the words. And then um, and the other way, of course, by an adaba, you would not be chai. My mashma, how is the Pasuk to be understood? Right before the middle Mishnah on the page, on Chesmer Aleph, Amar of Yitzchak Bar Abdimi, Kevan de Amar alai, once a person says about themselves, hare alai, that it's time for me to bring a korban, nether. So then... Um, it's as if you have a weight on your shoulders, just sitting there waiting to be removed. And until you do that, you're chayev. Lost the animal, animal died, animal got still, doesn't matter. You brought upon yourself a chayev by saying harayalai. That brings us to the next Mishnah. We're going to turn on our brain to whatever this next level is in, uh, in the gear shift. Um, and on the next page, we're going to go into overdrive a little bit. Does that still exist anymore? Okay, the Mishnah says... Let's review. There is a malady that uh, expresses itself in the form of a discharge. It is not zera and it is not dam. It is its own discharge. And a zav is a man who has this, and the halachos for women are slightly different. But for a man who has these reios, reios, if he has uh, two reios or if he has three, there's no difference except for a korban. And it's implied that the korban applies on the third uh, Let's discuss in the Gemara. What's implied from the Mishnah? If the only difference is Korban, then it must then be that in regards to Mishkav Moshav, in regards to the Tuma of Azav, sitting on top of something, he therefore automatically makes it an Avatuma like himself. Or in regards to Sviras Shiva, of counting Shev and Akim, of having seven days, under both of those circumstances, there's no difference between a Zav that saw two Reios and a Zav that saw three. So says the Gemara, how do we know that this is true? So we're going to see two Brises, one after the other. <coughs> and we will see that both of these Brises are required. In one Pasuk, the Torah says the word Zav twice, and it's followed by the word Tame. And then in another Pasuk, it's Shalosh, it has the word Zav three times, and then Vikaru Tame, and then it shows the word Tame. Ah, okay, Tzad, how does Rav Simoy explain these two Pesukim? It must be Shtayim Latuma. It must be that when a, a man 
has his Zav discharged for the second time, he becomes Tame. This Shalosh the Korban. And the third time he has a Re'iyah, then he's obligated to bring a Korban as well. I ask the Gemara, maybe we should say that by the second Re'iyah, there's Tuma and no Korban. And by Shalosh, it should be the Korban below Tuma. You should be obligated <clears throat> to bring a Korban, but maybe there's no Tuma. Says the Gemara, respectfully, that's completely illogical. If you became Tame at step two, how did you become not Tame at step three? Amris, we already said, <laughs> you can't say that you're not Tame by Re'iyah three if you are Tame by Re'iyah two. It's just flow of events, right? It's backwards logic. It doesn't work. Says the Gemara, okay, fine, I got you. The Amar, a little bit more than halfway down, maybe we should say, maybe we should say that when the Zob sees his second Re'iyah, that he's obligated in a Korban without Tuma. And only at the third uh, Re'iyah is he also going to be Tameh. Says the Gemara, you cannot say such a thing because we have a Brisa that explicitly removes that as a possibility. Two-thirds of the way down, the Brisa writes to Tanya, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu will provide Kapara through the Kohen Mizovo from his discharge. So we have to translate this word. There are some, there are some Zavin, some people who have this malady who bring a Korban and some don't. And says this second Brisa, how does this work out? And the Brisa answers, Rosh Alosh, Maybe that if the person had three reios, then he brings a korban. But if he only saw two reios, Eno maybe he'll be tummy, but he will not bring a korban. The Brisa asks, Oh, Eno Ella Ra'abez maybe. Ra'ashalosh Eno maybe. Maybe we should assume that the korban starts at number two and not at number one and not at number three. Says the Gemara, you're out of order. Amris Anshalo Ra'ashalosh Rashtain. That you can't uh, treat the third korban. Uh, any less than you treat the second. You can't say that you're chayv in a korban on the second one and not chayv on the third. You're already chayv on the second one. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. So the Gemara says that's why we have these two brisas that are meant to work together, uh, you know, yin and yang, to make sure that we have clarity. And the Gemara articulates this in a way which is not so common to see in regards to brisas. We needed the initial drasha of Rav Simoy, who counted the number of times it said Zav in the Pasuk, two followed by three. We also need the Pasuk in the second Bryce, the, the drasha of Mizovo, at, for the following reasons, 10 lines from the bottom. If I only had the initial kikushian, we would have been left with our question that the Gemara asked above about maybe we can say that Tuma... Uh, that the the korban started with, cor with the, the korban started with number two and the tuma was added with number three. We didn't know the answer to that question without Bryce and number two kamash malan mizovo. We used that second brisa to make sure we properly understood the first brisa vi mizovo. And if we had only used the second brisa, then lo yadana kamariyus. I wouldn't have known the right breakdown. That was Rav Simai's whole drasha two and three kamash malan Rav Simai. So says the Gemara, that's all well and good. And if we were to stop right here, we'd have some clarity as to how our Mishnah got to the point of saying that a person who has two discharges is going to be Tameh but not need to bring a Korban. And only with the third will he bring a Korban. We have the Mari Mekomos for that, clear, Kaftor V'ferach. However, the Hashtag Amris Mizovo Ladrasha, once you say Mizovo, 
once you say that there is some uh, that there is a discharge and we use that as a drasha, what do we do with the next time the word mizovo is used? We have another pasuk by zav that says mizovo, and how would we then darshan that? Says the Gemara, that's needed for another halacha. The pasuk says that when the Zav becomes Tahor, when is he allowed to start counting his Sheva Nikim? That's only when he stops having these discharges. What does the word Mizovo mean? What's the drasha? Below Mizovo Vinigo. So this, this is a, where things get a little bit more complicated in this sugya. And here what the Gemara is saying is that the drasha of Mizovo is to teach us about a very unique case. The unique case is where a person is a Baal, is a Baal Zav and he also has Tzoras. So if he stops having the Zav discharges, but he's still a Baal Tzoras, so he's still allowed to do Shevanikim. That's what the Gemara means. Mizovov is Safar. What does it mean from his discharges and he should count? We learn about a, a person, about a man who's taught, who saw two Rios by a Zov that he requires Shevanikim. Says the Gemara, I don't need a Pasuk to teach me that he has to do Shevanikim. Says the Gemara, two lines from the bottom, it's very logical to assume he needs Shevanikim. Why? We'll see that this logic will not hold up. If, as we said earlier, as this Gemara opened in the middle of the page, that both Azav Shtei Reios and Azav Gimel Reios, that he is going to be Metame Mishkavu Moshav, that any mattresses that he sits on, all of them become Avatuma. Lo Yehei, isn't it obvious that we would assume that Ta'un Sviras Shiva? Of course he has to count seven. Mishkavu Moshav is a, is, a, is a high level of Tuma. So says the Gemara, that's not correct what you're saying. Top of Chesim and Beis, we're going to go to the Mishnah six lines from the bottom. We have a halacha in Zav that we didn't discuss yet, at least not here, we have discussed it in Shas, which is Shomeris Yom Keneged Yom. Shomeris Yom Keneged Yom is about the first discharge, that if a man has one discharge of Zav, so then he's Shomer Yom Keneged Yom, or a woman is Shomeris Yom Keneged Yom, that that first day they don't have full Zav status. They're kind of like in limbo. So that's what the Gemara says. And from Shomeris Yom, Shomeris Yom, Keneged Yom, Tochiach, we could learn that the logic that you tried to say, that because if someone has Tumas Mishkavu Moshav, they therefore have to count. No, it's not correct. Because this Shomeris Yom, Keneged Yom, what's the halacha there on top of Chesmet Beis? Shemitama Mishkavu Moshav, Eino Tuna Sviras Shiva. No. She saw one discharge, uh, and we used to know in women's calendars, when they tracked them better, women knew that blood during certain times of the month was damnida, menstrual blood, and other blood was going to be damziva. That's why we have shevanakim now for people who keep al-chosnida for, 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 from women, because we don't know if the blood that they're seeing is damnida or if the blood that they're seeing is damziva. And because damziva midoraisa requires sfiras shevanakim, and because we don't know, whether or not she's a Nida or a Zava. So therefore we require women to do Shevanakim. Shevanakim has nothing to do with Hilchos Nida. It's a din that we imported from Hilchos Zava. Yeah, why can't we know? Why can't we keep track of that? Um, so the Rishonim discussed this at length, the Rambam and Rashi, a big machlokas about this, that uh, according to some of the Rishonim, the day that a, a young girl will, will get her period for the first time, so then those first seven days are considered Dam Nida. Uh, any blood that occurs during those days, the next 11 days during that cycle would then be Dam Zava. 
and then 7-Eleven, 7-Eleven, 7-Eleven until she has a baby, until she's misulekas damim, and then the count starts over again. That's one sheet in the Rishon, and the Rashi has a different count. Whole long story, but the point is that nowadays we don't count like that. Uh, so it's a problem. Also, we messed everything up. If people use an IUD, they use some type of birth control. There's so many kinds of birth control. Then when a woman bleeds out of the blue, we have no idea what it is because it's all medically controlled. So we have no idea what's going on. It's, it's just, today, forget about it. Today, we're done for. But even in the past, uh, even before birth control was ubiquitous, the postcom were still very clear that we don't try and, and calendarize which dam is dam ziva and which dam is dam nida. We just assume uh, that out of the gates, that uh, that any blood could be damnida or damzava, and therefore, if she sees three days in a row of blood, by definition, she has to keep shevin We're even more makbed than that. We're we're super firm about it. Even tibas dam kechard, the Gemara says, we're, we're even more strict. Okay, let's continue because we have Marv soon. Well, at least as it relates to this page, it's soon. So it says the Gemara, Ve'afa ta'al tatama alzeh, she'af alpishim etama mishkav moshav lo yehetaun sviras shiva. And you shouldn't uh, be so concerned about this. It's a great question. And Lemaisa, this woman who's Shomer Siyom Keneged Yom, doesn't have Sheva Nikim. So therefore, it's not logical to assume Sviras Shiva. Talmud Lomar Mizovo V'Safar. Now we know that we need a Pasuk to teach us about counting. Miksa Zovo V'Safar. All right, let's put a period right there. So that's what the Gemara says in regards to uh, in regards to the halach of counting that it's based on a pasuk. It's not based on a svara. It's based on a pasuk. So that means that there's a dindo raisa for a zava to count shevenikim from the time that she finishes bleeding, and for a man from the time that he finishes having a zav discharge, he has to count shevenikim starting with two reios. If he only sees two, he can start counting right away. And they would wear a pouch in order to ensure that they were not losing sight of the discharge because it's a dindo raisa status. Good. Then the Gemara has a technical problem. Um, we might have missed it, but we learned the word mizovo in two different ways. One word, word one usage of the word mizovo was to teach us that uh, we have shevenakim. And the other word mizovo was to teach us that we don't have a korban as it relates to the second re'ia. So the Gemara is bothered by this, that one of the uses of mizovo was inclusionary and one was exclusionary. First of the wide lines on chesim and beis, Omar le Rav Papa le Abaye, maishna hai mizovo demar bibe, zov bal Why is it that the word mizovo was used to teach us that a zov bal we're going to include something, namely, that there's Sviras Zayin, that there's Sheva Nekim. What about the next one that we learned? That we excluded a Zav of from the Korban. So you can't use the same exact word. One of them makes us include a new Halacha, and one of us makes us exclude a new Halacha. That doesn't make sense. So Amar Le says back to him, I have no choice. If you want to say that the word mizovo, from which we're learning that svira shiva is required, if you want to say that that word was going to be exclusionary, then we shouldn't have said anything. And if you want to say that the Shevanakim is going to be learned on its own, just logically, we already said at the top of the page that Shomer Siyom Keneged Yom And if you want to say that we are teaching it the special din of Mizovo, that we can still count even if the person still has Tsaras. What did we say about that? In Cain, there was another way to accomplish this goal without the word mizovo, but it didn't do that. The Torah didn't do that. Mizovo lamali. So what, tachlis, what am I supposed to do with the word mizovo? 
The Gemara responds, So yes, we are ending off this section of the Gemara with this very difficult uh, response, which is that, yes, the word mizovo in one case includes something, and the word mizovo in another case excludes something. It's very rare. It's very strange. And we would have thought that the rules of of, of exegesis, of like trying to really extrapolate from a word would be consistent. They are not consistent. All right, last segue for the night. Here we go. Ein bein mitzora muskar, the mitzora muchlat elapria ufrima. A mitzora muskar is a mitzora who is put into quarantine because uh, we're not sure if he is yet a mitzora. I heard that the word quarantine is from the word 40, which I think in another language, core, Latin, French, cordy, quarter, yeah, but 40 was the number that I was told that it meant, I don't know, I don't know, it doesn't matter, Matsura Muscar, but he doesn't wait 40 days here, but this is only, he doesn't wait 40 days in this case, the, 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 the Matsura Muscar. So the Matsura Muscar, we're not sure. He goes to the coin, he shows a lesion on his skin, and the coin's like, I'm not sure. I got to check on you next week. So he, he, what does he do with him? He sends him out of the camp. There's no difference between the, the Matsura who's a suffix, he's a Muscar, he's quarantined, the Matsura Muchla, to someone who's definitely a Matsura, Ela Priya Ufrima, other than to say that the one who's Muchlat must grow out his hair and he must tear his clothes. That's part one of the Mishnah. Part two, Ein Bein Tahor Mitoch Hesker. There's no difference in the Tara process of someone who was coming out of Hesker, out of the quarantine, out of the Suffolk, the Tahor Mitoch Muchlat, for, uh, versus the Tahara process of someone who definitely was, Elatik Lachas Vitsiparim, is that, of course, obviously the person has more hair because the guy who was a Muskar could get a haircut. But the guy who was a Muchlat couldn't get a haircut. He has an obligation to cut his hair, Vitsiparim, and to bring some birds. Let's jump into the Gemara. The Gemara says a quarter, a third of the way down on Chesmet Beis, that when it comes to being sent out of the camp, and when it comes to the, the Mitzorah, either Muskar or Muchla, generating Tuma for others, they're exactly the same. So the Gemara says, how do we know that all of this is true? And the Gemara responds as follows. The Kohen looks at this guy who is in quarantine, is a Muscar, and he says, ah, it's a Mispachas. You have psoriasis, you have a skin issue, you have a lesion, go see your doctor. But this isn't the malady, the, the religious spiritual punishment of Tsaras. And then what's the Gemara, what does the Gemara say here? And Vitaher is being used as a past tense. Tahor mipriya ufrima me'ikara. No dollar. That's an error. It should be me'ikara. Your tahor mipriya ufrima me'ikara. You, you never should have been obligated in pri ufrima because you were a muskar and we found out that you never had saras to start with. Says the Gemara, that is a risky argument. Omar le rova elameata. If that's true, then that was the pasuk that we saw vitaher. We saw that pasuk by saras. We have a very similar pasuk by zav. What does the Pasuk say by Azov? It's different. You can't compare Zov to the world of Tsaras. By the world of Tsaras, Muskar, we don't know if he really has Tsaras. But once Azov has a Re'iya, we know he's Azov. <laughs> so the Pasuk by Zov can't be historical to say, maybe you'll end up not being Azov. The only reason we're talking is because you're a Zav. So you can't compare the Pasuk by Zav, which, where, the, where we cannot use past tense, 
whereas by a mus by a uh, a muskar by a masora muskar where we're only besafek where it could end up being that he was never tummy in the first place. Ella, it must therefore be that the way the word vitahir is used by zav is tahor hashdami the tamik licharis behesed is that right now if a zav takes a kli and he pushes it just like this, just gently moves it. So he's not going to be metame. Right now, he's not a zav bal shteriyos. So says the Gemara, and afal gav, the hadar chazi, and even though in the future he may still see more reiyos, he may become a zav uh, gadol, he may end up having three reiyos. So lo metame lemafreya, it's not retroactive. So hachanami, here too, by our case of tsaras, we should say it's tahor hashda milamata milatame bivia Here too, we should say that it's not past tense, it's a momentary, it's present tense. <coughs> if that's true, then we're left with the following question. We had asked in the Gemara at the opening, Minohani Mili, how do we know that a muskar um, doesn't have to do priya ofrima? And we said it's from the Pasuk, but a bechibes begadavet taher by mitzora is similar to bechibes begadavet taher by zav, and zav can't be past tense. And uh, if that's true, then maybe the same language v'taher also can't be past tense. And if that's true, we don't have a marimakom to know that a muskar doesn't do priyofrima. So says the Gemara halfway down. You're right. El amar rava mehacha. The reason we know that a mitzora muskar, that a mitzora who's been quarantined besafik. That he doesn't do pre-ofrima is because of the following puzzle. The leper who has a lesion on him. We're only talking about people whose saras is really within their body, halachically speaking. Um, and yotzazeh to exclude someone who saraso tuluya. This guy, uh, who's a muskar, who ends up becoming a tower, all we have to do is wait, and his taras is going to go away. It's not the Jewish, it's not the Jewish version of the skin issue. It's just the medical version of the skin issue. So that that for therefore there's no prio frima. So Amar Abai says, hold on one second. That doesn't work because we have a similar language in another pasuk. Amar uh, Abai elameyata. If this is true, what about the pasuk that says kol yemei asher hanega bo yitma? All of the days that the lesion is there, you will be tamei. Maybe we should say that only when a person is a muchlat, he's definitely a, a mitzora, that's when he should be subject to shiluach, to be sending out of the camp. But if it's not leprosy properly, if it's not saras mamish, then ain ton shiluach. Oh, that's a good a good argument. Maybe we should assume that the shlichus of, of kicking them out of the camp depends on if you're a muchlan or a muskar. Says the Gemara, if you really wanted to posit that, it means you didn't learn our Mishnah. Our Mishnah says, that we said. And what did the Gemara say about our Mishnah? We have black on white in our Mishnah, that both a muchlat and a muskar I should say the diuk is black on white from our Mishnah, that the Mukhlat and the Muskar both get Shiluach. So says the Gemara, you can't compare the two Pesukim. Amar Yemei and Kol Yemei. The Rabos Mitzora Muskar Shiluach. That's a Pasuk. The Pasuk says, logically speaking, you might have assumed that a Mukhlat has to be sent out, but a Muskar doesn't have to be sent out. But says the Gemara, we can't allow for that because the Pasuk doesn't allow for that because it says Kol Yemei. 
There's a very, very, very difficult text in the Gemara here where it says the words Ihachi. Everybody goes to town on this on the side. Uh, Ihachi seemingly should not be found in the Gemara. And what should be happening here is basically a two dots and now referencing the second half of the Mishnah. What did we say in the second half of the Mishnah? That in the Tara process of the Muskar and the Mukhlat, the only difference is getting a haircut and bringing korbanos. So says the Gemara, 15 lines or so from the bottom, why is it that he doesn't get a haircut? Why is it that he doesn't bring birds? Referring to the, to the Mitzora Muskar, the one who we're besafik about, says the Gemara, the Katani, because we have a brisa. That the coin will go outside the camp. And he saw that this guy who was quarantined, in fact, never had tzaras. What was the drasha? That's a person whose tzaras was taloi in, in getting healed from a Kodesh Baruch Hu. But this guy who's a muskar, who was only quarantined, he will be exempt from tiglachas, from getting a haircut, and from the birds. In short, to summarize this section, if we look back at our Mishnah, it's a very good summary. The only difference is that a Mitzor Muskar doesn't do Priyo Frima, and in the healing process, the uh, the Muskar, the one who's quarantined, does not get a haircut or bring any birds. We'll stop right here. Tomorrow, we will pick up on time, 8.40 p.m. at the bottom Mishnah on Chesim Beis. Wishing you all a beautiful night. Yeah.